Hello there and welcome. I'm Cleona Nianlone, producer of the RT Radio 1 Davis Now Lectures. The Pleasures of Gaelic Literature was a series of Thomas Davis lectures first broadcast on RT Radio in 1975 and into 1976. It features writers and writers in the Irish language to which they are drawn. Miles Nagopoline was the choice of poet Brenda Kennelly. Kennelly was at the time Professor of Modern Literature at Trinity College Dublin. On Bail Bocht was first published in Irish in 1941, under the pseudonym Miles Nagopoline, by its author Brian O'Nolan or Brian O'Nolan. This darkly satirical commentary on the Irish is generally agreed to be one of the finest fictional books written in Irish in the 20th century. It went on to be translated by Patrick C. Power in 1973 as The Poor Mouth by Flann O'Brien, contributing to what could be described as a cult following that continues for his books, including its Swim Two Birds, The Third Policeman and his collected prose and letters. Here is Brendan Kennelly with short illustrative readings from the book, read by actor Neil Tobin. I believe that the book I want to talk about, on Bail Bucht, is a masterpiece for many reasons. The first reason is that its author, Miles Nagopolin, has a mastery of the Irish language. He has an equal mastery of English, but that's another story. Secondly, he writes with a wide and deep knowledge of the Irish tradition. Thirdly, his satirical genius is equal to that of Swift. And like Swift, Miles Nagopolin is a savage moralist with a hatred of hypocrisy and a fiercely articulate awareness of evil. It's only fair that I should admit that my own Irish is nothing to write home about. Yet, as I reread this book, I was able to appreciate the skill, the comic agility, the lacerating fury with which Miles Nagopoline could invest the Irish language. Why is Unbeilbucht such an angry book? What is it hitting at? The book's plot, if it can be called such, is straightforward. The hero, Bonaparte Kunasa, is born into the Gaeltacht area of Corca Dorica. Also in the house are Bonaparte's mother, an old man called Unshandan Alia, and many pigs, sheep and cattle. Bonaparte's father is in prison, or, as the old man says, Tashe Sakrushkin, he's in the jug. Bonaparte grows up, has a number of adventures which seem more like nightmares, and at the end of the book he is imprisoned for 29 years, having been found guilty of murdering a man in Galway and stealing his gold. Bonaparte understands nothing of his trial. Just before he enters prison, he meets his father, as somebody whom he takes to be his father, for the first time. The encounter is over almost as soon as it began. And that's the end of the book. Well, the plot may be skeletal, but the satire is merciless. The title gives us a clue. On Bail Bucht is, of course, the poor mouth, the assumption and emphasis of poverty in order to gain a more advantageous position. The poor mouth is the slave's weapon, the instrument of the whining opportunist. There are at least two great pieces of Irish writing concerning poverty. Patrick Kavanagh's poem, The Great Hunger, and this one on Bail Bucht. Kavanagh's long poem is tragic. Miles Nagopoline's novel is at once funny and bitter. Here he describes the bad smell of pigs and humans together in Bonaparte's house. Le <laughs> 
sollar werden tool kartun und mehr machen schrille deine wache gual har reid nie in die schfrach ne schul fein agasiert inger achta dine ach rasa raha har wella dorisch agas kan ern stern on regemedisch lafilisch schlimme hon rentas tacheller of rachiert slatte woher win doch lanen winter wie on machas la wein nur wie on bologoro alkwin Hug eig er ne laan oor, agas nir il as o hin. Wie scher eite genurder ne muinter ne heite haul, gor vra an tiri ede, ach gor evan tergel eider on. Vod ir nir avan er reels, et hisch agwinne. This is Bonaparte's stinking home. He lives literally with the pigs, and is almost indistinguishable from them. Later in the novel, when he becomes a father, he thinks his own son is a little pig. Inside the house, all is stinking congestion. Outside is the endless downpour of hostile heaven. It never stops raining in Korkadorka, as though heaven had nothing but complete contempt for those with the bale bucked. There are times in this book when the reader himself feels absolutely drenched through to the skin, and indeed beneath the skin. This drenched, battered, foul, stinking place is the home of the fear gales. This is the well of purest Gaelic, somewhat defiled. Yet, Miles Nagopolin is not attacking the language. His own Irish shows how long and hard and lovingly he must have worked to achieve such precision. No, he is attacking certain uses of the language, and certain attitudes which seem almost synonymous with those uses. In doing this, he employs, with a great deal of effective repetition, certain phrases picked from other writers. For example, many of us will remember the phrase Ni veg all hedi arishan, or likes won't be there again. This phrase is used by Tomaso Griffin in his book Antilanak. Heroic Fenian literature is full of this kind of epic self-commemoration and self-assertion. Oshin and Fionn would speak like that. But Miles Nagopolin uses the phrase when he speaks of the death of a pig, a particularly foul-smelling and ever-swelling and swilling pig, Ambrose. This is Bonaparte praying for the dead pig, God rest his grunt. Baitun vuke Ambrose, agus ni doilum gemegile hede rishon, slan gurevshe masanayan tel ele beo the poison of the bale bucked penetrates everything. It even pollutes the language itself. At one stage in the book, a gentleman from Dublin is collecting Gaelic phrases on a recorder from the people of Korkadorka. In doing this, he spends a lot of money on whiskey to get the people talking. One night, he gives drink to a gathering of locals in a house, the typical condescending bribe of the insensitive outsider, but the whisky fails to loosen the tongues of the sons of Korkadorka. Suddenly, somebody stumbles into the house, falls on the floor, drunk, and unleashes a flood of what seems like talk, which, however, is quite unintelligible. According to the gentleman from Dublin, good Irish should be difficult, but the best Irish should be unintelligible. Perfection is another name for the incomprehensible. Well, in this case... The gentleman has perfection well recorded, because what he manages to collect is the squealing of a rambling pig. Delighted with his treasure, the gentleman leaves Korkadorka, 
to seek proper academic recognition for his labours. Miles Nagopoulin is here hitting at everything from self-delusion to acquisitive condescension to academic pretentiousness. It's as if he were saying, there's nothing wrong with language, Irish or otherwise, but there's something very wrong with those who use it, or rather abuse it, who change it from an instrument of possible illumination to something which can inspire loathing and disgust. Language can help us to tell what we know of the truth. It can also be the weapon of liars, frauds and opportunists. One senses in Miles Nagopoulin a great reverence for language and a great hatred for those who abuse it, those who tell the profitable lie. This love of verbal precision is the expression of an essentially moral imagination. Cliché is not only the truth worn dull by repetition. It can also be a form of immoral evasion, a refusal to exercise the mind at a moment when it should be exercised, even to one's own discomfort or distress. Cliché is also a form of imaginative fatigue, the unthinking use of listless formula to fill a blank space. By taking the clichés of other writers and by repeatedly inserting them into his own vivid, animated narrative, Miles Nagopoulin achieves unfailing satiric and comic effects. He mocks evasion. He parodies inertia. And in showing the verbal tiredness of others, he proves his own tremendous exuberance. The language of Unbeilbacht is remarkable for its sustained energy. There's nothing flabby or soft about it. It has an intellectual cut and keenness, a constant hitting of the satirical bull's eye, a stabbing accuracy that simply cannot fail to delight any mind which recognises that a respect for language is a respect for life itself. Unless we try with all our hearts and minds to say what we mean, we do not mean what we say. That's what I mean by respect. Miles Nagopoulin shows no mercy whatever to those who lack this respect. In one of the most memorable chapters of his book, there's a grand fesh in Korkadorka, and it's opened by Untukdoran himself, who gives an oroid, a big speech. This is a fine example of inflated pomposity and self-importance, a windy exercise in self-delusion, a substitution of chauvinism for intelligence, an outburst of rhetorical drivel. It's also wickedly funny. Aghella. Currentia glundran mukri gala havehan sahinu kind gail gilibsha ernesh gailisha alarm na gail tochter. Ni mishtigum rag or gail mishi. Time gailach on vahish gabalm mukhesha. Gailach hir hir hos agas his. Ta shivsha gilair fear gailach maragiana. Gail gailacha de shucht gailach shantum lanogin. And Teta Gaelach, big Gaelach faster. Near Laurmish, Achered Livfein, Ern Achel Ach Gaelig, On La Rugachme, Agus Rodele, Esfam Gaelig, Avaini Vigach Aberta Norus Rihav. Mata mit Fir Gaelach, Nif Larduing Eve, a play Keshna Gaelge, Agus Keshton Gaelachish, Lichele Agoni. Nihem Vahas Gaelige Vehegwin. Ma wie in Argoras, a Tangeschin, a Nihena Gelche. 
Und der wie eine kind geilge, ach, gan e wehe play kästnet hangen. Nielsche vier Röllach noch richtig. Ne han teide für den Röllach aus le Hädchen. Margot am Magafrin Röllinge wie ein Schä, agas er tut Masler der Röllach. Nil er ni, er und daun, cho das, nach o Göllach le vier Röll, ihr Röllach, e wie eine kind vier Röllge Röllrie, der eine Geilge Röllrie. Vogriemen esche en isch, er geil oskelt, no geile bu, gemarig ar ngeiling slaan. No de hi an geil oselscha schies, er a hoen geili, derig klamper moor agus bola bas er fud an chwinhe. It's at this fesh too that our hero Bonaparte gets drunk for the first time. Miles Nagopolin's account of Bonaparte's hangover must be one of the funniest and most accurate descriptions of that unpromising state ever written. There is simply no questioning the authority of this description. Negro wing a day the glum mass in inched and eating alone. Dimignicierte her er schachran swollus. Hit on logger and lagerum. Hit log elle er on logson agas near vadagram no logger a titim gutover and hiab lager gusorum fein. Und son de hit ke lagene erne lugene, lugene tromme erne lagene ni jeschen, agas in nere beide de heinig log o wein moor daune nosar volachgach ni elle, a kor muchteren solos agas a kor stop le reme treil. Nir wohis eni elle gekane wad, ni ake eni, agas ni chole foemer be. Is in anestomme lernen daune kassere welche naerne firmumente. Wie sie schachten, soll er rachas gref biegene Bache vorsonen, agas wie kei kies elle an, soll er aus lahn hinter gref mei beo. Choig leflien hart, soll er auf eirige enier erfadigen as en as leinte avron abulne hiehischen orum die e dianav grasern gelev. An darala fische nier eidis. There is, of course, a note of exaggeration in that, and exaggeration is one of Miles Nagopolin's most effective satiric devices. It might be more accurate of me to use the word distortion rather than the word exaggeration. The passage dealing with those whom Miles Nagopolin calls the fear girls is quite obviously distorted. Nobody would ever speak like that. Yet, in the language of certain people whose commitment borders on fanaticism, there is an element, a seed, of precisely this bloated verbal absurdity. What the accomplished satirist does is to take that element, that seed, which is of course only part of a total picture, and by sheer style make the part appear as though it were the complete thing. By the deft use of this kind of emphasis, the satirist draws our contemptuous attention to the element which he himself abhors. This, if you like, is the morality of his mockery the ethical point of his distortion. The satirist is the enemy of the phony element which probably, to some degree at least, exists in all of us. His target is the pretentious and the ridiculous, his weapon is mockery, his aim is the spotlighting and, if possible, the eradication of the pompous and the hypocritical. Exaggeration and distortion are probably the most characteristic features of the writing from beginning to end of this book. The very setting of the novel is a distortion, although a delightful one. From his house, reeking of pigs, the baby Bonaparte can see Donegal, Galway and Kerry, 
a spectacle hardly available to any other house in Ireland. The food is dreadful, the weather is worse, it's hard to tell which of the two is dirtier, the people or the pigs. It's a world of unrelieved stupidity, filth, superstition, congestion. Fate is totally malignant, and every circumstance is moronically accepted as part of God's will. And at the back of it all lies the origin and product of Unbel Bakht. Bakhtanus. Poverty. At bottom, Miles Nagopoulin is showing us the sad, ravaging mental attitudes that result from severe physical poverty. Materialism, opportunism, suspicion, the closed mind, incestuous stupidity, the lack of definite identity, everybody in the area is called James O'Donnell, the prevalence of brutality and thievery, and the strange predominant sense of evil and oppression. Listening to that list, you might think this is a gloomy book, a modern anatomy of melancholy and malaise. It is, on the contrary, packed with laughter, full of its own special gaiety, even when it describes one of those figures of total poverty that lie scattered not only through Irish history, but are buried in the consciousness of the race. Vi färrar om Irish award agus kittrik osanose av vi maranimer gefilinoch. Vi tauni sheligige, krine fele agus gach da re ele eremien molle agus orim de faile goni. Ach frir vi umra ele amuher nachrev ma na rafur. Vi skohan vochtonish an okrish agus na hanokra ege freshen. Vishe fiol flahul agas ni revan rodin bulu darev rea the gegan rainter a horsen. Ni yeshen ni queen lum lem ling hain en rod bjog da laidige ere hele fain. Fjuvain erud bjog fratis vi rechtenach le anum agas corp de chimad vastori hele. E gorka dorche malarev gach sample diana bjog bocht. Visheshen ago nebin mar ava derke agas atrui. Trinoishle a hanige motors of la clear, a brannon mochtan, the volador gaharde as of the vochtonish relic, agas dorodonach vacadoring a river of daurofho fear relic. Budel bug ishke a viego sanos a word, vish dinwassel e divri maraduce, gul spilche an effect. Nirav dinne bell an aiding. Gun chorha le osanosa er ausa vachtonish agas umud no gorte vi bracha in a fersen. Nirav muk na kopan na en rohi tige. Is minika honoke so do locher, a moher hevach nicket tridegus a corriacht, le madrofanoch, knav kail kroig atter her marhois son a mohoiracht. An swanhoch agas an taffen conifer kirne a tachtwaha rein. Niraven Vahanege Achobelg. Natahi Carter Oscar Natas Kishtine. Vi Paul Tochiltigelen Ralai Vlarnitide. Agas er Velon Field of Hirsche Shana Hakana Agas Krach Kring or other Behele Vahusider. Marjen Eren Vren Vich and Nuos Eren Dohigahi. Dine Yasuchta Evach a Gwile her ride. Chapachet Gur Brockevia Dalav. In the name of Rahadish and Tanal, Traume Tachta Hoyne Fuil, Agus Fiachint Yanta, Eren Eitrov Gohumlan. I am not happy, however, to call this book a satirical fantasy and leave it at that. 
There is, in fact, in the work, a strong tragic awareness of those powerful forces which can victimise men. Throughout the book, the elements lash down on the heads of everybody, man and beast alike. What strikes the reader is the relentless nature of this oppression, the fierce, tireless energy of its tyranny. Miles Nagopolin sees man as a sort of target for the fury of nature. Now, I realise that this, like the picture of poverty, is a necessary part of his satirical picture. But I can't help feeling that this black vision sometimes transcends the satirical purposes it so brilliantly serves and achieves, at certain moments, a real tragic intensity. Miles Nagopolin's language reflects this occasional strange hovering between the satirical and the tragic. Nevertheless, the book as a whole stays in the mind for its comic vigour, for its devastation of various holy cows, for its mocking onslaught on attitudes that are usually either mindless or slavish, or both. It is the work of a highly civilised mind, angered and appalled by certain aspects of the life and literature it is most deeply involved with. It's also the work of that most driven kind of moralist, the writer for whom the precise use of language is evidence of the mind's capacity for intellectual passion, the heart's capacity for sincerity. Behind it all is a love of lucidity and candour, as well as this constant recognition of the mystery of life. The irreverence that abounds in the book springs from the deepest possible respect for both life and language. This is one reason for the book's enormous emotional range. It is funny, sad, bitter, outrageous, bleak, insulting, and totally unforgettable. It is searingly honest, and it should be read, if possible, by everybody. And Bell Buckth may be about various kinds of poverty, but for the reader it is an immensely rich experience. That was Brendan Kennelly and his talk on Miles Nagopoline, with short readings from actor Neil Tobin from the 2002 RT Radio Thomas Davis Lecture Series, The Pleasures of Gaelic Literature. The series editor was poet and critic John Jordan, who also edited a book of the lectures published by the Mercia Press. Its producer was Kathleen Kelleher. Go to the Davis Now Lectures website for more information on rt.ie forward slash radio one Davis Now Lectures. And find further Davis Now Lectures where you get your podcasts. From me, producer Cleanan Ianloon, thank you for listening.